Hi there. Welcome to Exploded View. I'm Craig Makowitz. I don't have to tell you that times are strange. 2020 is trying in more ways than one. In the corporate and freelancing world, we're all doing our best to keep things moving along as seamless as possible. That includes running workshops, brainstorms, and innovation sessions, but in a completely new way, virtually. So welcome to part two of the Exploded View series on innovation workshops. Last week, we chatted with Anuja Joshi, Senior Design Strategist at Guardian Insurance, about the recipe for great innovation workshops. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I definitely recommend checking it out. She details out 10 steps to prep prior to an innovation workshop. Today, we are going to be focusing on the actual workshop itself, but with an emphasis on running them virtually. We are so lucky to have Laura Leanhout's Innovation Manager at Newell Brands. She has been running a ton of virtual innovation workshops since the beginning of the pandemic for brands like Sharpie, Rubbermaid, Graco, and more. Among many things, she is a master facilitator and skilled at guiding a room full of people towards their end goal. Today, we will learn what tools she is using to help make virtual workshops a little easier to handle and what method she is using to get the most out of each session. I'm so excited to jump in. Let's get started. Laura, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thanks so much, Craig. I'm really excited and happy to be here. Laura, you and you and I work together at Newell Brands, and I, I definitely miss you. It was uh, such a good experience to be working with you, and I'm so glad you're you're on the show today. Oh my god, I feel the same way about you. We miss you so much, and you know, when we, whenever we were in workshops together, I knew I had an ally in the room in you, and I knew that you could do <laughs> oh, some magic you. with whatever came out. So I was always extra confident when you were there. Oh, I appreciate that. That means a lot. So today, yeah, we're talking about the innovation sessions and workshops and brainstorms. And I think that specific conversation around virtual workshops and brainstorms, I think is so important right now, just because everybody's in this situation. We're all working virtually. So um, I want to chat about that. But first, I want to just learn some background on you. So how did you get into the innovation space and start working on these workshops and developing them? Sure. Um, I think I had my the first hint that this might be something I could do um, way back when, many, many years ago, I worked for Herman Miller. And we did a little bit of work there on the future of work. And then we would do some brainstorming on the implications for Herman Miller, right? They make office furniture. And so thinking how work is evolving is really important. And I remember being at the front of the room and helping people not only understand kind of how the future might unfold, but then getting them to think about what are those implications. Um, mm. It was something that was like, oh, I, can, I had this little like light bulb of like, oh, I can do this. Like, this isn't, this isn't yeah. hard for me. And in fact, I think it's really fun. Um, and so that was kind of the first hint. And then um, at another job, a little bit later, working for Johnson Controls, I started in their consumer insights group helping them with research and things like that. But at the same time, they were building an innovation capability. And so we were doing some smaller kind of one-off projects that I'd get to be a part of. And I had the ability to do that and actually could help groups think about how they could evolve their thinking or brainstorm and things like that. And so it just further confirmed in my in my mind that like, hey, I can do this. And so, and I had some ability to do it. And so as we built that group within Johnson Controls, I became... Um, an official team member and worked there for a few years, building out that capability within mm. that company. Oh, that's great. 
Curious, going back, do you remember the first innovation session that, or workshop that you had to run? Yes. <laughs> and it's memorable <laughs> and slightly embarrassing. Um, so you want to tell the story? Or? No, no, I'm fine telling the story. I want to put you on the spot. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, it was the first one we had uh, at Johns Controls, we had hired some consultants and they were originally running the workshop. And this was the first one that we were running without them. And the weekend before I was so stressed out, I gave myself hives on my oh, face. No. On my face. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so not only was <laughs> I really stressed and worried about how this was gonna run, uh, it was literally on my face. And so I went to urgent care and got some different some medicine to help. I mean, it didn't like go away. It helped. Uh, but I had to sort of (laughs) lead this workshop of, I mean, there are probably 25, I don't remember how many people in the room, 20, more than 25. Um, everybody was looking for me for like guidance and how are we going to do this? And, um, I, so I have very, some very distinct memories of (laughs) (laughs) how anxious and nervous I got. Um, you're scary. It's scary to be in front of that many people too. It's uh, it is nerve wracking. Well, and, and I, you know, that was the first one our innovation team led. So there were some things at stake there. And, you know, there are, there are a lot of people in the room. That's a lot of, you know, kind of salary that's sitting there. And you want to be, you, you want to use their time well, and you want to get something out of it. And you want right. to make sure it's a good experience. So people will come, come to other ones. And yeah, but that moment of realizing like, oh, oh my goodness, everybody's looking not only at me, but to me for how, for how to lead this and where to go, um, mm-hmm. was very humbling. Yeah. And, and not to scare the audience, but that's, uh, if, if it is your first time, uh, <laughs> do you have any, any advice for that first time somebody runs a session? Yeah. I mean, perhaps just, well, if you don't give yourselves hives, that's probably a win. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> sure. You know, um, you know, one of the things I've realized over the years is that People are looking to you for direction, not because they have a better place to go, but they simply want to help you and do what you want. And so Hmm. it's okay to provide guidance and direction of where to go. People are looking for that. And so they're not looking for ways to, they're not looking for ways around you. Um, And that a lot of people think these are really fun. I think they're really fun. And so they're looking for, they're happy to be there. And so just remembering that and that. Also, when you're at the front of the room, time there's a little bit time feels different, right? There's times when you yeah. think, Oh my God, nobody's talking. And it's been five seconds and they're they're just thinking about what you asked them. <laughs> right. um, and so it so so time and then time can go so fast, all of a sudden, you know, you had an hour plan for an activity and an hour and a half has gone by or longer and yeah. people aren't stopping talking, which a is great, but B you have a schedule. And so, um, you know, time just, it, it can, it can go both go so slow and so fast, but that you will be, you know, like my advice is like, it will, it will be okay. You can figure some stuff out on the fly and, um, and people won't know the difference. And so now that yeah, you're trying to hide. Comforting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but the, but the, you know, we kind of call it the facilitator math of figuring out how how long something should take. People don't know if it's supposed to take 20 minutes or 35 minutes. So you can, yeah. you can adjust a little bit. That makes sense. And that is comforting. 
That is comforting. I like that. Great advice. Um, okay, so let's jump into the topic yeah. around uh, virtual sessions. So what do you think is the biggest difference between the virtual sessions and those that are in person? Um, Besides the fact that you're a, yeah. <laughs> you're <not> a caller. <laughs> There's a couple. I don't know that I can narrow it down to, to one. Time. That's a big difference. The length of time it takes to do something because you you kind of only have one speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even like people, when you ask them a question, they have to come off of mute to respond. So it just takes longer. It, mm-hmm. People can't look around the room and say like, oh, clearly that person wants to say something. I'll go at like people can talk over each other. So they're, like, it can just take longer to do things because a lot of times you have to kind of work in series as opposed to work in parallel. Hmm. Um, a couple, you know, another difference is that you don't really have a sense of the room. You don't have a, it's hard to have a vibe when you're staring at your screen. Um, it's right. hard to know if, do people understand what you're saying? Are they paying attention or have they decided to go get a drink? Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that having a sense of the room, having a, a vibe there. Yeah. You, it's hard to know if people understand. And in this way, in, in virtual, someone can't look to their neighbor and say like, Oh, I didn't quite get it, but I just watched my neighbor and now I know what to do. You can watch on the screen, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And the, you know the other big difference is that we have not yet really cracked the code on sketching or prototyping live. Mm. And I think that brings a great deal of richness and it makes our ideas robust to be able to draw them or build them and it we just haven't been I mean obviously building would be much harder when you're all uh remote but we haven't quite figured out the live sketching yet. That's interesting. That's a, that's a good point. One I hadn't really thought about, but yeah, that prototyping modeling is kind of difficult uh, when you're all separate and you don't have a shop or a space to work like that. When you're in your home, yeah. you, you're constrained by what the people have around them and in their house. So that, that is kind of tough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So looking at the the macro level, having said that, you know, mm-hmm. those things are kind of different. Has the types of projects or the focus of these um, sessions and workshops, have they changed at all since going virtual? Do you see that, or do you have recommendations for how you might change and alter the topics that are being discussed? I don't know if I would necessarily alter the topics. I would adjust the outcomes. And so the innovation group at Newell, we have, we've been, been together for a while. People kind of know what to expect coming out of this session. And we've had to adjust that a little bit. I mean, again, kind of, back to the sketching and prototyping, um, that's hard to do. So I, I guess I would, I would stay away from things that are sort of like tinker or hack sessions, um, as well as ones where you are trying to find a technology, a tech solve for something. Mm. Um, and, and maybe, you know, folks in R and D have a better way to do that. That being said, I think that the virtual nature of things has made it easier for more people to join. You're not having to travel or dedicate two to three days. And so in some ways, it is a little bit easier to do something like strategy. You can get some senior leaders to be able to weigh in very quickly or for, you know, for part of a session and then go, then go off and think about what, what you're asked to think about. That's a little bit, I'm not to say that it wasn't 
doable before, but it's easy to get you know, different people to come in to, to stop into a session for short bursts and hear from them and then take that into account. So if the general topics haven't necessarily changed too much, I think that's kind of helpful because a lot of the same problems, you know, companies are facing a lot of the same problems right now and they still mm-hmm. have to overcome them or the challenges. So it's, it's good that some of these topics don't necessarily have to change. You can still attack them. It's just slightly altering the way that you do it in these virtual yeah. sessions. So that, yeah. that's good. So let's, let's jump into the actual uh, session itself. So last week we chatted with Anusha Joshi about prepping for workshops and it was a great discussion. She had a list of kind of 10 items to think about. But I'm curious from your standpoint, when it comes to virtual workshops, are there any items that are worth prepping beforehand that really make the um, the system and the session a little more smooth? Yes, absolutely. Um, I know we'll talk a little bit more about software, but uh, kind of technology is the biggest thing to prep ahead of time, both for the participants and for the facilitation team. And so we use, at NOAA, we use Miro, M-I-R-O. Um, I know there's Miro. I'm sure there are others. Just Miro is the one that, that we settled on. And so getting everybody invited to the right workspace, making mm. sure that the invite gets through and doesn't get stuck in some sort of filter or, or spam. Yep. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was an unforeseen hurdle that we realized pretty quickly that every, every invite from Miro ended up in someone's um, filter. I think, hmm. we, I think we're through that now, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> a hurdle to overcome. I, we, you know, I think we've worked with it and now it can go, now they'll go through. So I mean, kind of the first step is making sure participant, the right people have access to the, to the board or space you're going to use. The second thing is like, obviously we, we prep that, that software space ahead of time. So again, like you do for um, an in-person workshop, you know, you have an agenda and have a plan. And as opposed to doing worksheets or templates or posters physically, now we clearly do them virtually. And so having, having the, the work, the virtual workspace organized sort of for flow of the session. And so participants can orient, orient themselves and know where to be. I mean, one of the benefits of, of a, a virtual session is you have this unlimited workspace but on the other hand, it's unlimited and it's vast and you don't want people to get lost in there um, and <laughs> right. be able to navigate, you know, where you, where you are, where you've been, where you're going, um, can just save some time in the workshop of, ha- of having to say like, you know, come over here. Now, this is where, you know, trying to describe in a vast board where you are, if there's anywhere. Um, yeah. So making sure you've got that prepped and ready to go. And so those are kind of the two things that I think are different Virtually. Yeah. And I like what you're touching on with the making sure everybody's connected to that same system, because I feel like before you might have people visiting you from all over the country and you're trying to find the meeting room or the space in the building. And now it's you're trying to find an email. There's a similar issue, but it's a little different now. It's digital. (laughs) Absolutely. And and we've had we've been lucky to have people join um, from EMEA, from Australia, from New Zealand, from Asia. And so, well, a making sure that at least you recognize that someone's up late or really early so that they're like, they're in, they're in a different time of day than, than perhaps most of the people are. Um, and some of their systems may be different in, um, you know, one of the things that we realize, and I think a lot of designers will have two screens. So I have a laptop and a monitor. And so I can be running. So we use Microsoft teams is what 
uh, Newell provides us. And so that we do our kind of audio and video through and the chat and all of that. That's our, that's our corporate system. Um, but mm-hmm. then I have a separate screen for Miro and recognizing that not everybody has that set up. Um, that some people are trying to toggle back to screens on a lap to, between different um, different windows on a laptop screen, which is small. Right. Um, can be, it's just hard and they're trying to see and you, you're trying to move quickly. So making sure that you've thought through that so that you can at least be slightly empathetic um, to, them, <laughs> to them having to do that. And even right. like we've had to figure out just some technical things. Like if you have your VPN on, it doesn't tend to work as well with the software. Chrome tends mm. for us. We found that Chrome tends to be the best browser. And I'm not saying that this is true for, I'm certainly not saying this is true for everybody. Um, right. But just letting people know if they're struggling or having a little bit of trouble, here are some things to try. And so just, just, you know, making sure that you're ready to help people get to where you want them to be. That's, that's a really good tip. Find a buddy in the, at work that maybe is joining the session and, and, give them the software, send them the yeah. links, give that whole thing a try before the, the session and see if you can figure out any glitches or issues that exactly. you faced and how you could work through those before people jump on and, and try this out. Exactly. Um, I, I love the tips and, and some of those features you're talking about for Miro. And I wonder for anybody who may be following along and doesn't necessarily or hasn't used the program, can you just give yeah. a quick overview of what Miro looks like and what you know how to interact with it? Because it could be a, a great tool for somebody to download and start using in, in their uh, office. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the simple discussion is it's an endless, it's an endless whiteboard essentially. Um, you can organize it with different what they call frames. You could even think of those as pages, um, and then you can very easily drop in any images. There's an embedded Google search. They also have sticky notes, uh, electronic or digital sticky notes. You can, you can connect those with arrows. You can add different text boxes. There's color. You can kind of arrange things with different colors, um, add different shapes and, and create the experience or the, or the design, the design, the boards as you'd like. And so, but it's endless. I mean, I yet, hmm. we have yet to find the edges, so to speak. <laughs> no, you haven't found the boundaries. <laughs> no, there's no boundaries, I don't think. Um, it's maybe slowed down a little bit when we've got a lot of stuff in there, but no, certainly no boundaries. And so um, it's and the, the learning curve is pretty shallow on it. You know, really, we have people who haven't started to use it before a session. And if we dedicate even just 10 or 15 minutes to explaining it and sort of showing a little bit of how to do it, uh, people are very quickly, if they're not fluent, they're at least conversational, so to speak, and, and able to contribute images and, and post-it notes to whatever ideas, idea session that we're at. Right. And this is not uh, sponsored at all by Miro, but it sounds yeah. like a phenomenal tool. <laughs> so it must be you know, that good. <laughs> I, I hear really, I've used Mural a little bit as well. Um, and... I think it's somewhat similar. I don't, I'm not well-versed in, in mural to know. Um, and if there's any different benefits or differences, um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I'm so grateful that these tools exist because it's allowed me to keep doing my job since we're all working at home right now. Right. There's some uncertainty there. I'm like, how are we going to do this? Um, cause we used to be all in-person sessions. And so, my manager, our director has been fantastic about helping, helping figure it out and really lead the way and showing us that, yeah, no, 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 this, this can, not only can this work, it can work really well. Yeah. 
That's great. Yeah. And adopting to those and getting everybody on board with them quickly yeah. Yeah. Is, is key to that success. Are there any other tools that you think have been beneficial in this new virtual environment? You mentioned Teams and yeah. Miro. Teams and, and or Teams and or Zoom, depending on kind of whatever whatever works for for you or your company. I've done I've actually done a little bit of work um, drawing on my iPad, and so I like Procreate and I like Adobe Fresco. So for me, those have worked really well. It, it sort of eliminates the this, this step of having to, like if you're sketching something to have to sort of scan it or take a picture of it, it's yeah. already digital. Um, so that to me has been another tool that has, I mean, it, this it's forced me to, it's forced me to figure it out. It's forced me to become, you know, sort of better than I was. Um, and I'm grateful yeah. for that. That's great. Yeah. It's fun to use these new tools in a way that we never expected we'd have to, but they've really come in handy. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad they exist. I mean, I, you know, if, if this was 20 years ago, what would we have done? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Snail mail. It's just <laughs> sending concepts in the mail. <laughs> That's right. I would have faxed them to you. It would have been really low. Yeah, fa- exactly. Thank you. Fax. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, those are, those are great pointers. So th- once we get into the session itself or the workshop, whatever you have planned, have you figured out kind of the overall schedule that works best for these virtual <laughs> sessions and <laughs> yes <laughs> we found out what, what you know kind of tends to work best for us and we found this out the hard way um is not doing all day online virtual innovation sessions hmm. that's really long it's a long time to not only try to as a facilitator try to make sure people are going where you want to be going. But a lot of times that means you're sitting down and you're staring at a screen, right? You just, it's tiring. And so, and you still don't know if you've lost people, if they're distracted and especially as a lot of people have children at home, you know, to expect someone to put seven hours into a session and not be interrupted by kids. And I mean, it's fine. if It's absolutely fine. If they are, it's fun to see the kids, but you to expect someone to, be a hundred percent concentrating that whole time is just unrealistic. Yeah. Um, and so we found kind of between three and four hours is pretty ideal. And we tend to do them kind of either in the morning or in the afternoon. I mean, some days we do both, but nine to noon, eight thirty to eleven thirty tends to work pretty well. That three hours, we give a break in the middle. And then that tends to be what we found to be a pretty good chunk of time to get some stuff done and yet not not be too exhausted. People can go back to their, to their day jobs, so to speak, check on email, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we do more, we'll do more sessions of three to four hours than we would say, you know, so we'll do three, four five sessions, something like that, rather than two days continuously. That makes sense. That's a, that's a good finding. So were there some struggles early on where (laughs) there was uh, longer term meetings that just kind of went awry? I don't know if I'd say they went awry. I think we just realized, oh my goodness, I'm exhausted. They're exhausted. This is a long time yeah. to be sitting, sitting here staring at the screen. Um, and you want people to think of good ideas. And if right. you're exhausted and glazed over from staring at the screen, like that's it's gonna, it's going to be a little bit harder to get some great ideas out of them. Um, yeah, that's tough. That is tough. That's a long time to be on. So and you mentioned, you know, kids running in and stuff. Do you, do you guys usually have the 
the video on so you're seeing everybody is that is that part of that virtual experience that you think uh, is important it is it is and so um the innovation team members we have our we have our cameras on almost the whole time and then you know we ask people when they especially when we do introductions and we're checking in like turn your video on um Mm -hmm. and we don't say it like that but you know we'd like people to have their video on it makes it a little bit more fun it's a little more personal when you can see everybody and you're reminded that there are humans out there um, and not just, <laughs> not just voices uh, coming through your computer. And, you know, there's funny stuff. You see kids and people can show you something or sh- show a drawing if they want to. But, you know, getting to see getting to see the people that you work with and um, yeah, it's really nice. That is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you, everybody's downloaded the software. They've all joined the call. Yeah. Um, they know the schedule's about three hours, four hours in the morning yep. um, or the afternoon. And then what happens during that time that you found to be beneficial? So in terms of exercises and that kind of experience during that time, sure. do you have any recommendations there? You know, we always, a, you know, if it's the first session, we always start with introductions and we try to ask a fun question um, just to just to engage people, laugh a little bit learn something new about your colleagues. And so we do that. We don't do that every time, but we, um, we'd like to check in and hear how, how people are doing. Um, yeah. Having that discussion around the scope and why you're here, um, again, kind of in that, especially in that first session is really important. And it makes, it helps us make sure everybody's on the same page and that we're all sort of swimming in the same direction. But in terms of kind of specific exercises. You know, one of the things that has been really nice about the Miro space is that we can, we can have as much stuff as we want in there. And a lot of times we've been pulling in uh, old ideas. So doing a drawer pull, looking through the archives, finding, finding ideas that either didn't go, you know, for some reason didn't go forward, but being able to have all of that in there and letting the group look through that. I mean, I don't even, that would be kind of a bear to do that in person. But because it's all just dropped in there electronically, it's it's really easy to do. And so getting to pull in that. Um, other thing is like we drop in any research that's appropriate. And so you can have that up the whole... It's sort of up and accessible the whole time, which is really nice. You can go back and reference it if you want to. You're not... It's not, in a, it's not stuck in a PowerPoint, you know, in the facilitator's computer or something like that. So that works really, really well. And the, you know, kind of the other exercises or things that I would say have worked really well are ones that this is going to sound a little funny, but it, they're they're sort of word based. They use use words. Um, if you can describe something, that's much easier to do, obviously, than drawing. Although we do love a good Google image search, so you know, being able to drop in an image that describes what you're talking about, even if it's not yeah. related to that particular product, that's really helpful. Oh, okay, I get, I get it, I get it now. So anything that you can do that kind of that that harnesses those two capa- those two capabilities, right? Being able to describe it, you know, a, write a sticky note, write a excuse me, a, like a virtual sticky note. Being able to write it down and then to, in some way show what you're talking about, those tend to work really well. Yeah, you're kind of quickly getting everybody on the same page very fast, especially with an image saying a thousand words. Yes, exactly. So with those discussions, do you see? anything changing with the dynamic in terms of the back and forth and everybody kind of building on ideas, has that dynamic changed at all since moving to this virtual environment? 
I would say, yeah, I think the dynamic is a little, again, it's hard to know if, if people are sort of nodding their heads and like in agreement, you can't see that. Um, it's really hard yeah. to know if there's like, if there's energy around it. Now, those who can navigate the software well have figured out, you know, ways to drop a little emojis on an idea or quickly add other sticky notes to build out that idea. So then we have a sense that there's some momentum and some enthusiasm around that. You know, when we go to comb through the ideas and harvest the best ones, it actually works pretty well because you can just copy and paste. So that's one of those things that might have been a little time consuming and um, before of like trying to figure out what ideas do I like and how do I move them from where they are on the wall to this new spot. Like it's super easy to copy and paste. So that actually goes quicker um, mm. than it would in, would in person, which at least something's going quicker, I think. So that's a little bit, uh, you know, the, the, the dynamic there of kind of knowing what people have enthusiasm for or what falls flat is a little bit harder to sense. Um, yeah. and the other thing is like, depending on, so one of the benefits of a virtual session is that you can have a lot of people, you know, 30 people in, in a room together, it can be pretty unwieldy. It's a little bit easier, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit easier, uh, on, or virtually, but that being said, it's harder to have, you can't really have side conversations or you can't send four people over here to go, to go work on it. You have to go send them to a breakout room. And so I think we've done okay in kind of managing that. Um, but it's a little bit harder to have any of that stuff happen in parallel. Yeah. And what you said about having the responses to ideas and to concepts and getting a, a read of the room um, and playing off those emojis, I think is really kind of interesting and, and a fun way to handle that lack of connection there between the virtual space. So I, I like that. It's also a, a really good, interesting way to, to handle it. We're trying, we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> when it, when it comes to the, the breakouts too, because mm -hmm. in workshops and sessions, it's and brainstorms, it's sometimes fun to have the uh, smaller groups kind of run off and focus on a topic and then come back. Mm -hmm. How do you see that playing itself out in the virtual space too? Do you have any recommendations and how you might do that? Have you guys tried that out and, and how does it work? Yeah, we have. Um, I know that if you're on zoom, it has breakout rooms within that software. I, I haven't seen it yet in Microsoft Teams, um, but we'll just add an extra invite to the calendar and send it only to the people for whom are intended for that breakout. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but we're pretty so we're pretty specific in terms of instructions. Go to your other call. Miro allows us to set a timer that everybody can see, which is fantastic. Um, so come back in twenty minutes, and you know here's what we want you to talk about as a group, and here's what we want you to kind of come back with. And so we do that. And we've had, I think, pretty, you know, pretty good success with that. Sometimes it, the groups end up a little bit lopsided in terms of numbers. Like, you know, two people had to jump off a call for something else that might leave a group a little understaffed potentially, but we've been able mm -hmm. to overcome that. You know, one of the things that has changed for our group in this is that, you know, all of the innovation team tends to work on all of the stuff, all of, all of our different sessions, as opposed to kind of each of us working individually. And so hmm. most of the time, the breakout groups will be sent away with a facilitator. It doesn't, oh, that's interesting. It doesn't always happen. We, <laughs> we can't all be on every call, um, but we try to make sure that there are very, very few times that there's only one facilitator in the quote unquote room. Um, hmm. Whereas frequently when we were in person, 
there would just be one person. Um, right. It's hard to manage the not only the technical aspect of the software, it's hard to manage, like you have to manage the facilitation. We try to have, you know, if people have a question or they need to go somewhere, we have them drop it in a chat. So not only kind of, not only kind of pay attention broadly and holistically to where you are going as a group, are you getting to where you need to go? Are you meeting your goals? Are you getting to the outcomes you need to get to? Um, but also managing the the details, it's really hard for one person to do. And so having two people just, um, having at least two people just makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And then you had also mentioned, you know, during these breakout sessions, there are you know, times where people are going off and they might have questions and that's why it's good to have facilitators in that group with them. Um, in terms of the participation itself too, are there any tactics or tips on keeping everybody engaged during that three to four hours? And you don't, you know, so you don't have people kind of running off or, you know, maybe they're jumping off to do an email or something, but I imagine that's a little bit harder to do when people are virtual. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit hard. Um, you know, we'll, we'll ask questions and if no one responds, we'll call on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we would do that. We'll do that in person as well, but you know, people are a little bit ready for it. They can see that you're, you're serious. You're going to keep talking about this. Um, now sometimes we'll say, you know, we'll call on someone and they won't be there. Like, okay, we'll just yeah. call on someone else. And so you do that a few times and then they'll, then they'll start to talk. Um, and, to, and like in person, different groups, some groups are chatty, some groups aren't, some groups are somewhere in the middle. And so, but we know we want to hear from people. And so, you know, one of the nice things about Miro um, is that you can see whose cursor is what. And so is, is kind of which cursor is associated with which participant. And mm-hmm. so as a facilitator, a lot of times I'll just watch and kind of look at who's, who's where and be able to, if there are some interesting things or points I want to bring up, a lot of times I'll know, oh, well, that was Craig's, that was Craig over there who put in all of those images. I'm going to have ask Craig to talk about those. Mm. And so that's a way to kind of at least, you know, maybe it's not quite like being in the room where you can get the vibe, but at least you can kind of see who's doing what. Yeah. Know that like you might have something really interesting to share. Yeah. It's a good way to keep people engaged. Mm-hmm. Speaking of keeping people engaged in terms of the share outs too, has that, that change because you have breakout sessions and then also maybe, you know, at the end of the three, four hours, what's that share out like of the ideas and the concepts? Is that, has that changed at all from a person in person session? No, I don't, it hasn't changed. And from my point of view, I don't think it's changed that much. You know, we always have, you know, like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to need to talk about this. You know, can I get someone to volunteer, which is very much like we do in person. I will say at the end of our in-person sessions, a lot of times they would come money in a report out to the executives. And we have split that off and done that later because we know the power of having design there and having things like sketches and, and designs to share. And since we can't do that live, um, if we put a little bit of time in between kind of the session where we converge and the session where we report out, um, that gives us some chance to add a little bit of detail and visuals to the to the concepts. Yeah, yeah. So it's that you're pulling a lot of content together and helping to um, distill it down in a way that's easy easier to digest in a way for for the team the second round, yeah. the second time around. Yeah, yeah. So this has been a great walkthrough of the the different steps and some of the tips you have 
for running these sessions. Um, for anybody who's doing this and running a virtual session, do you have any other recommendations for them um, that might be helpful? Any any roadblocks that you've hit that you've had to overcome that might be able to yeah, <laughs> save somebody from hitting? You know, as you think through your agenda um, and what you want to accomplish and how long you think it's going to take, uh, be flexible about that because there are times that time has either... We, like we've eaten up more time than we thought or something has gone really quickly. And so while you kind of almost always know where the soft spots are in your agenda, same thing, kind of know, know what you could either accelerate or eliminate um, if things are taking much longer than you thought, or if there's a technical difficulty, I mean, that's really hard to overcome um, a technical difficulty, a group technical difficulty. I'll say. Um, oh, that's even that's even more difficult. <laughs> we did have teams kind of crash one day, and that was it. Um, oh no! But that's okay. We we figured it out. I'd also put some simple, if possible, put some simple instructions in Miro. Not that people aren't listening, but that they if they want clarification or um, a little bit more detail of like what do you want or what did you mean, then the instructions are are in there or they're in your in your digital space. How many hmm. ideas? What are we looking for? What is this? Where am I? Is this? Are we diverging? Are we converging? Are we, you know, are we talking about the context with which, in which we're working? Are these old images or new images? Just adding a little bit there, just to help help people if they didn't or can't hear you, or just kind of need a little bit more. Um, that's really helpful. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great advice. And then, have you changed any expectation out of? these sessions and workshops? Um, you know, again, it kind of comes back to the, the live sketching um, that we have not yet quite been able to, to figure out to the fidelity and the quality that we're used to. I'm used to having you there and, you know, being able to <laughs> make, you know, getting this, getting some of these concepts looking amazing. Um, and then, and I, you know, I still, I always remember people leaning over and be like, Hey, oh, you did that right now? Like, yeah, he that's what he does. And they're like, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Like they can point to some of those sketches and like, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Um, yeah. the fact that we can't again, we haven't quite figured that out has adjusted the expectations a little bit. Same thing for prototyping. Um, there are being able to kind of quickly make a prototype with cardboard and tape and whatever. We haven't figured that like we can't do that virtually like we were able to in person and dedicating a chunk of time to that and getting these little models that help describe an idea or part of an idea. We've had to adjust kind of some of the expectations of kind of coming out of that because we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's very true. I mean, those prototypes are having physical items in the room is something you can point to. You're uh, interacting with something and it mm -hmm. tells such a good story. So not having that is definitely a, a, a challenge. Absolutely. I guess in so in the same breath, what do you, what do you think are some of the benefits that have come out of having these virtual sessions where most of the time people and, and companies all get together in, in the physical room and they're all interacting and, and now that we're in this virtual space, I'm wondering if there's anything that's coming out of it that is kind of a is a benefit of being virtual and might continue on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I think we've actually had people say, Oh, I hope we can still do this when we're all back together. You know, the lack of... That's positive. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's so positive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad to hear that. You know, I think the fact that there's sort of no travel time or, or a lot of setup time makes it a lot easier to go do. We don't have to go figure out 
where we're going to have this travel there, set things up and and then you know vice versa you know put it all in reverse to get home that it's, it's a lot easier so if we need people from europe or from asia like the time zone difference might be a little bit of a hurdle but we don't have to try to get them here or we don't have to go there and right that's really easy i think we can have more people when you're in person and you kind of when you keep adding more people it almost exponentially increases the amount of time it takes to do something and I haven't found that to be true here. It, we can hmm. more easily um, host people and more people in a session virtually. And so that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a nice benefit. Well, you know, a lot of times when people are seeing the ideas up on the screen, as opposed to like, I wrote them on a post-it note and I'm going to read them to you. Like they're already up there. I can see them, um, which is, which is really nice. The fact that people have time in, as we, we would break up kind of one workshop into several sessions, they have time between those sessions to reflect and sort of percolate on what we were talking about. Maybe they go get an answer to a question that they had, or they, it just gives them a little bit of time to think about it. And that has proven to be really helpful to spread hmm. it out over a little bit more time. And right now it feels like we're all in meetings all day. And so the fact that we, you know, if someone can't make half of one session, that doesn't prevent them from being in the rest of them. Whereas it might have prevented yeah. them if, if we were in person and, you know, if there's, you know, family obligations, you know, we, we're not, you know, we're not kind of eating up all day, every day. And so it's a little bit easier to make. The yeah. other thing I'd add is not only is there endless space on the board, but the board lives, <laughs> it lives forever so to speak. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's a good so point. Didn't think about that. Back, they don't have to, yeah. yeah, they're not like having to go back and either looking through a PDF or looking through pictures. It's still right there. And so the fact that the board, the board lives um, is really, really helpful. And even as we go um, between sessions or if we're doing sessions around, around the same topic, it's really easy to copy and paste things from, from one board to the other. And then they're available for people to have or to, to look at or to use as inspiration. So that's, that's really helpful. I'll also say as facilitators, if you need to make, uh, if, you, if, you, if you need to make a change kind of while you're, while a session is going on, it's pretty easy to get at least the basics of what you need to get people to do a different exercise. If you want to make a left-hand turn in a live session, it can be a little bit more difficult if you if you don't have the materials that you need, if you want to change a, if you want to change yeah. a poster, you either have to, you know, either you sort of cross that out and write on it. Um, but here, no one knows if you type something differently, right? If you just want to go quick edit it, it works great. Hmm. And so there's a little bit more, let's say like in-flight changes you can make um, <laughs> here. Right. So that's, so I really like that. That's true. It's way more dynamic from that standpoint. You're not running to the printer trying to get a yeah. hundred copies of something created. You can just uh, quickly edit yeah. it and throw it on the board. I will also say, and this is, I don't want to speak for, like, so I, you know, I come at it from a design perspective, but it does level the playing field a little bit. Everybody can contribute in equal ways. If you're, you know, if you're a talented designer and your sketches are amazing, it can, you know, kind of tilt things in your favor. Yeah, the visuals there for people to be interested in and kind of exactly see it yeah, quickly. Some sort, yeah. you know, a sexy, some sort of hot, sexy sketch can predispose 
someone towards an idea. And not that that isn't, that isn't helpful, but if there's a really good idea and it, then the sketch isn't as, as hot, it right. can get overlooked. And so that doesn't happen working virtually. That makes a lot of sense. It's, that's a, uh... It's good to have everybody on a level playing field and get all the ideas out and, and make sure everybody's comfortable to, to share their ideas. And yeah. maybe people are more comfortable in that, in that light. Well, I think, you know, I think that, you know, I've seen people are like, well, I, I can't draw, so I'm not going to draw. Or I can't draw, so I'm not as comfortable. Like you said, I'm not as comfortable or confident in sharing my idea. Everybody's on, this, on a level playing field in that sense, working virtually. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's good. That's a really good positive out of this. There are a lot of good positives. I I don't quite know. I don't know what it's going to look like when we go back uh, or when we, we can kind of get back together face to face. I suspect the fact that you don't have to travel will keep this around. I just don't know what a hybrid looks like where some people are in person um, and some people aren't. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit, I'm uncertain of how that will, will shake out. and. I know some of the benefits of this that we've gotten used to that we don't have in person. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to think about the day when we could be back together. Um, but I'm unsure of how we will, how we will move forward incorporating hopefully the best of both worlds. Well, you, you teed up my last question, which oh. I always ask about the future of whatever topic we're, we're chatting okay. about. <laughs> that was that was perfect <laughs> teeing up of the last question, which is, you know, where do you see the, the future of these virtual workshops, you know, during COVID, but then also, you know, once we were all back together? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can, I can sort of envision having periods of time when people are in the same room on their laptops and then coming back together, you know, as a large group face to face, talking to each other, not talking to screens mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have the details worked out in my mind, but I think that they will still live on. I think that there are sometimes we will say, no, we want this to be in person. Either it's a, a tough subject, it's sensitive or, you know, or there may be another factor there for getting together. We just, I mean, sometimes if the team hasn't gotten together, there's so much energy that's created when you spend time um, and you're excited and working on something cool. Like you can't, we don't haven't, we haven't replicated that feeling quite the same, in quite the same way. And so I, I do think, I think there's a hybrid, a hybrid model. That's exciting. That's kind of cool. That this is, uh, you know, silver lining here is that it's kind of changed the dynamic a bit and that there's a, maybe a, a different way to do things yeah. than we were used to, but could have some positive benefits. You know, I, I think so. I'm, I am, I'm grateful that I now have this tool in my toolbox. We've gotten requests, gotten requests before for like, Hey, can we just do this online or can we just do it on the phone? And we've always said no, because we know the magic of being together, but circumstances forced us to figure this out. And I'm really, really glad it did. I mean, I'm not glad for the reasons that it did, but um, right. I'm glad we were able to figure it out and, and, and do it in a way that um, we can maintain, do it in a way that's valuable for the organization, do it in a way that people like. So I'm really happy to have had this part of the experience. Yeah. And, and I'm really happy to have had you on and, and to have you share this knowledge with us because I feel better armed and better equipped to run a, a virtual session now having gone through this uh, conversation. So I really appreciate it. You have so much great advice. Thank you so much. Oh my Laura. gosh, you're so welcome. It was really fun. Um, it, it was fun to have to kind of think about wh- where we've been this last six, seven months and 
what we learned. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was, uh, you know, and I just so appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about this. That's been so much fun. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Anything you'd like to plug before we uh, head out? Um, well, we just, you know, Mr. Coffee just launched a new cold brew, uh, Sharpie S gel, new pen has come out. Um, Rubbermaid Brilliance food storage containers just came out in glass. So there's some cool stuff that's just happened. Oh, that's exciting. So, yeah. So it's, we've got some good stuff happening that I'm really proud of. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Laura. I really appreciate You're your welcome, time. Craig. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed my chat today with Laura. There's so many takeaways, but I think the most obvious is that virtual innovation sessions, workshops, or brainstorms can be successful and have potentially inspired an alternative way to handle workshops in the future. Curious to hear what you think? Reach out on our Instagram, at Podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Talk to you next time.